Hello and welcome to Fantasy Talk Show, a place where heroes come to tell their stories. Our guest today is Margaret, a Black Lily from the World of Sphere. In this three-part interview, we talk at length about what the Black Lily organization is, what being a Black Lily means to her, and her complicated relationship with the crew of the Uhuru. So without further ado... So now I'd like to move on to... uh, We have some audience uh, members that would love to ask you some questions, some personal and some fun. So uh, here we go. I'm going to start with Bumble would like to know, what's your favorite brand of bottled water? <laughs> I try to avoid purchasing water as as a rule. When you're on a skyship, water is more common and easy to interact with. It is gathered typically from the clouds and therefore carries none of the mariner's influence or curse. When you find water bottled in ports, it is either provided by the Clearwater family, a group of people that I have serious reservations about adding to the wealth and power of, Mm -hmm. uh, or it is dangerous in some way, or, or, or there are so many options. I usually find it safest to drink tea or something, something else brewed. Hmm. Okay. Next up, who's the hottest person on the Uhuru? (laughs) Oh my, okay. Some spicy questions. Uh, Certainly I am discovering that. Um, Well, I will say attractiveness is a subjective thing and it comes in many shapes and forms. Uh, Someone being attractive even deeply and passionately attractive to inspire a true yearning for intimate connection uh someone can write rot that through the strength of their charm and personality uh through their deeds and accomplishments through the timber of their voice through the way they carry themselves or through certain physical gifts they've been given in form and feature i have to admit that Gable has been given many gifts in form and feature. There perhaps would not stimulate in conversation the way some others might, but they make up for that with a deep, honest earnestness that I find to be rare and very attractive. Uh, suffice to say, if I were to take a personal evening, I would be very happy to take a personal evening with Gable. I think also Toku is quite attractive in his own way. There is, of course, the elephant in the room, or I suppose crow or serpent or coyote or rabbit or whatever form he takes. Travis Madigo has the perfect storm of personality traits that are seem designed to find unattractive, but he manages to carry his bearing in such a way that there is an undeniable allure. I can see how there is a version of myself that must have fallen for it, and I guess I am faced with the contemplation of maybe someday falling for it again. Uh, The thing that I will say to anyone asking about who is the hottest is that there are many loves that you are capable of carrying in your heart, and it does no one any good to 
carry one too much higher than any others or forsake others in order to hold one. So uh, I will say that I recognize all of these things simultaneously and hold them very close. Also the captain. He is dead, which does put a certain barrier up, (laughs) but in form and feature, it cannot be denied uh, uh, that there are certain universal truths that if I didn't know that fact, there might be a way to make a negotiation. (laughs) Right on. Well, that segues uh, really well into uh, Bumble's final question. What's your type romantically? <laughs> well, I, I do think that segues quite nicely because as I've defined, type is such a hard thing to really define. Uh, I am specifically capable of loving all sorts of people. As a lily, that is an important and essential part of my work. Lilies believe in consent, and yet we also offer services for payment. We need to be able to consent ourselves to enter into these services. We cannot be coerced by the promise of payment, which means part of what you do as a lily, part of your education is learning how to hold many loves and learning how to love many things in a way that is healthy and and right so definitely there are there's something about a daring adventurer that is very alluring uh someone who shares the call of the sky i find many easy and convenient connections too and when you find love in brief and rare moments you tend to make the most of those brief and rare moments so there's something about wandering into those connections that i think is just grand and lovely but uh, i will say i am also because of its rarity definitely attracted to a sincere softness Mm. to uh, someone who cares and tries and hopes and loves there is something about that that is very wholesome and fulfilling when that connection is made I, I like that very much. So if I'm to say that I have types, uh, those those types, I think, are the firmest ones. Yeah, right on. Uh, next, we have Lacey Gurr, or perhaps Lacey GR, who would like to know, is there anything you'd like to say now that you know your connection with Travis? <laughs> There are many things that I'd like to say, but I, I'm I'm still at a stage where I am trying to find what I want to say. There are many things that I could say, but again, I I am contemplating so many things. And uh, there's Travis wrote me a letter and it was a brief letter, but it was a sincere letter. And I am trying to unravel the things that Travis is feeling uh, without being too intrusive with my magic and our connection. I haven't taken the time to look at Travis through the threads that bind us because I know at the current stage I'm at, that would be unhealthy. 
it would be easy to give in to certain obsessive tendencies uh, to look in on that. I worry for him, but there is a part of me that sincerely believes that the treatment that he received in Nordia will stick with him the rest of his long life, mm. and that whatever journey he travels, he travels a healthier path thanks to that. And I would not need to see him again in order for that to be a true thing. That is something that is a truth that I have to hold dear every time I think about this sort of thing. Uh, he has Gable, and the two of them have Jonnet, and that relationship, as odd and fraught <laughs> as it is, especially because of the circumstances that all three of them labor under in the strange life that they've been given, that relationship is going to be very important. That relationship is going to be nurturing and helpful to them. Uh, suffice to say, my, my, my concern for Travis can't be the thing that guides me. See, I'm getting lost in so many different paths as I wander through even what I would want to say. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's complicated, it sounds like. I will say this. Love is a deeply important thing. And I know now that in my life, or a life that I have held... I have been blessed with a love that is so profound, it is part of the core of the world. Oh, wow. That was a previous life. It's true. And, and many people feel this and know this. When you find love with anyone, whether it is a love that you form a marriage around, a love between a parent and a child, uh, a, a love between a friend and a friend, a love between you and an attractive stranger that you fantasize about. There is a shade of the union in that love, and all of that is at the core of the world. However, in the love that I held in my previous life, it is undeniable that there was a shade of the changeling's tale in that love, and a shade is a very light word to use for that. I believe love is important. I believe that love was important. And I believe there's a very distinct possibility that it could still be important. But what I want to do with that information is not a thing that I know yet. I believe there is a version of Travis Matigo that lives and manages to find a way to conclude his existence without our paths ever meeting again. I also believe that our paths are inevitably going to meet again. And frankly, I am forced to believe that there is a version of our paths meeting again wherein we could explore what it means to have held a love in a previous life and rediscover it in a new life. I don't know what I want. I don't know how I want to define myself and what my relationship with the luminaries as I have come to see it, being one where I allow them to guide me, how that relationship changes if I am in the thrall of a luminary in a very profound way. <sighs> I want to say so much, and in fact, I, I believe 
looking at what I've said already, I want to say too much, mm-hmm. uh, which means I don't know what to say. All right. Well, that's fair. I think you said enough to satisfy at least some of the curiosity. I appreciate that. Next, we have a user named Skyjack's Struggles who wants to know, what is your biggest fear? Oh, this is an interesting one. I believe my greatest fear is also one of the greatest and most consistent enemies that I have encountered in my travels. And that is the condition of depression. Lily's work hard, and we have tools that even therapists do not have. We have magical rites and means that help us serve our clients and guide them through the difficulties that life has to offer. Some of those difficulties are external, and some of them are undeniably internal. There are things that people have within their control But ultimately, people can only do the best within the circumstances they have to live with. I can treat depression. I can assist someone when they are suffering with depression. But I cannot free someone of that burden in its entirety. Mm. It is a thing that when I think about clients who have left my care, I know that they struggle with burdens that I no longer have the ability to help them with. It comes and goes, it waxes and wanes. There are natural cycles to depression as there are cycles to so many things in life. But it is unpredictable, it is unknowable, and it is relentless. And almost all people have to face it at a certain point in their lives, but there are some who are chronically afflicted. And I find something terrifying in that. Mm. It is confronting true darkness in the world and realizing that even though there is light and joy and beauty, there is also pain and suffering. And that is simply the nature of simply the nature of life. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Next, we have a viewer. Sable wants to know which of Spears very many festivals is your favorite? (laughs) Again, some serious, some fun. Well, I have partaken in many festivals and had the good fortune to really travel and see so much of uh, the world around me and experience so much. So it, it is hard to stack them against each other. However, there is a village to the south of territory that is historically and politically in the thrall of the Church of the Slain God. This town is less touched by the Church than others and keeps to its own traditions. It is called, uh, oh, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation here, uh, Tarmato uh, is, is what I believe is the closest. They have a festival, periodic and, and frequent, called Cambiare Lachina. It is one that extends well before the fall of the stars and has roots in a time when seasons flowed in an orderly fashion in a 
reliable cycle where I, I don't know if you have this in, in your world. In, in our world, it used to be that for around three months' time, we would have spring, and spring would always be followed by summer. Is that not the way your world operates? No. Oh. No, very wow. much not. We, we, do, we do still have equinoxes and, and transition points, uh, orienting points, but... For the most part, maelstroms determine the order of seasons. Uh, you may wake up in summer one day to find yourself in winter for the next week. Things ebb and flow with almost no rhyme or reason. But uh, in Tarmato, there is a very robust culture of love and marriage and romance. They hold a truth that, that lilies hold quite dear in that a person is extremely capable of holding many loves. They are also expected to hold many loves. And so marriage does not just happen between two people for an eternity. It is an agreement of bonding that happens for a season. Someone will take a partner that they swear as a partner throughout their days in their life but they will keep that partner to be their summer love. And they will also have a winter love and a spring love and an autumn love. Hmm. And the festival of Cambiare Lachina is a celebration of the transition between one love and another. Each couple uh, has a home that they keep with a particular love and these love rotate as, as the seasons rotate. When you find yourself in a new season, uh, there is a dinner that is had between the lover that you will be leaving, uh, the spouse that you will be leaving, and the spouse that you will be uh, residing with anew. All, all people within that relationship sit together and able to, for a brief moment, enjoy those loves simultaneously before the season wears on and they continue, they continue a more mundane version of life where there is no societal obligation to recognize uh, that you have other loves in other times. People everywhere are particular. Not everyone is as capable of holding on to many loves as, as other people, but mm -hmm. a lot of that is dictated by society. Uh, someone who is brought up in a society where one is expected to only ever have one partner at one time will have a more difficult time in a culture where you're raised uh, in the expectations that you have many loves. But there's something about this festival and the sort of earnest intimacy of it uh, the fact that you are expected to share a table with someone who knows the beauty and love of someone else in the way that you do, uh, there's something really wonderful about that, in, in my opinion. Especially now that the seasons flow out of order, there is an expectation that almost everyone in this place who who practices this custom and lives around here knows each other and they know each other as the spouse of my spouse uh hmm. what what a 
what a beautiful bond to share with another being. I have obviously never been able to take part as as a betrothed in this circumstance, but I have dropped in on that town many times uh, to witness the festival, and I have been lucky enough to share a table from time to time with these groups, and I am able to relish in the beautiful and complicated web of love that people weave between one another. Yeah, that sounds absolutely lovely. Another question by Sable. Is there any... This one feels like we've gone into it, but, uh, you know, just from to, to get some clarity on it. Is there any luminary or luminaries that you feel particularly connected to? Hmm, yes. We, we, I will give a brief overview. As a black lily, the, the union is a deep and essential part of our beliefs. In many ways, lilies serve the union. Um, that is simple and straightforward. The union does not enforce beliefs on us, but we do serve it. Uh, it is one of the unwilled luminaries. As part of the Order of River Lilies, I bear a connection to Rusalka. Rusalka is in some ways a patron of my order, and Rusalka is a being lily, a lily that has thoughts and desires. Uh, they are not enforced, um, but we, being river lilies, carry certain powers, privileges, and responsibilities that other lilies do not. And we are empowered to do these things uh, through the ways in which Rusalka's waters are woven into our black. Um, so there is a connection there. And then, of course, there is the connection that I have just recently become aware. The connection to the Forest Queen and the unknown animosity that rests between her and I. The connection to the Changeling and the very real ways I am intimately woven into the bond between that luminary and the person who currently holds its mantle. And of course, the maiden. The maiden is a luminary that I am, or was, connected to in a very personal way. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what that means for me. Yeah. The connection is there. It is real. It is strong. Or was strong. There is much that I don't know about it and have not yet investigated. I appreciate the... Uh... The thoroughness of the answer. That's great. With a final question that we have here from Sable. It's it's a bit of a long one, but bear with me. I, I would really like to hear your thoughts on it. I recently ran into an old flame who, due to a series of unfortunate events, I had been separated from for quite a while. While we were both very happy to see each other alive and well again, by now we've both become different people with different life paths, and I'm unsure if trying to pick up that kind of committed relationship where we left off is a good idea. Do you have any advice for someone in that situation? My, my, this one almost feels pointed. Uh, what I'll say, and perhaps this will be helpful for me to recite aloud as I move through my own contemplations, 
Lilies believe in multiple loves, not just multiple loves between yourself and many people, but multiple loves that you share with the same person. You can love someone as a friend and love someone as a lover and love someone as a type of family all at the same time. That is a bit of the shape of what a marriage is. So when we talk about someone who is an old flame, we are remembering a previous version of ourselves and the love that they held with a previous version of another person. When you meet someone down the line and know that you yourself have changed and you believe that they have changed, it is not that you are rekindling something old or that the goal, even if you desire this person, that the goal should be rekindling something old. In many ways, that has departed you and been incorporated into you. You cannot become the person that you used to be. However, you can still have a connection and a love with this person, but it will be the version of yourself that you are currently, loving the version of themselves that they are currently. Trying to love any other person or love as any other person is foolhardy and can even be damaging. So. Don't rekindle an old love. If you desire to investigate, try and build a new love. Show them who you are and love who they are. And in that, you can find joy and beauty and magic. Or, you know, just let it be. Yeah, yeah, very wise. Well, Margaret, that's all I have for you. I really very much appreciate you taking this time to speak to me, speak to my audience, and good luck on your future decisions and good luck on your future travels. Dustin, dear, the pleasure was mine. Thank you so much for sharing my company. Thank you for listening to part three of my interview with Margaret. She's a character from the mind of James D'Amato using a modified version of the Genesis system by Fantasy Flight Games. James is the author of the Ultimate RPG Guide book series, as well as the creative mastermind behind the One Shot Podcast Network, which is host to a whole bevy of tabletop RPG-related content, including Campaign Skyjacks, the podcast that Margaret is from. Campaign Skyjacks follows the crew of the Uhuru, a skyship navigating a folktale world of adventure and danger inspired by the music of the Decemberists. If you like heartfelt collaborative storytelling that is full of playful banter, as well as a nautical folk soundtrack, you need this podcast in your life. You can check out everything the One Shot Podcast is up to by visiting oneshotpodcast.com or by following James on Twitter at twitter.com slash oneshotrpg. Links in the podcast description. Thank you to Josiah Piles for the cover art and to Kylan Small for the intro and outro music of the podcast. Please check out the links in the podcast description for more of their content. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. And if you'd like to connect with me or other like-minded adventurers, join the Fantasy Talk Show Discord, where I run a monthly game that I'd love to see you at. You can join by clicking the link in the description. Also, check out my Facebook page at facebook.com slash fantasy talk show or my Twitter page at twitter.com slash fantasy pod show. Talk to you soon.